Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have W. Terry Whalen from Colorado. Thank you for joining me today, Terry. Angel, delighted to be here with you. Well, Terry, you penned the book, the biography of Billy Graham. He's America's greatest evangelist. Tell our listeners a little bit about that today. Well, it was just fantastic that I was able to do that. Uh, Billy Graham is very much alive today, 97 and a half. <laughs> that half, you know, is, is an important thing the older you get. But he's, uh, he's an amazing evangelist that uh, over 20 years ago I had the opportunity to uh, work with Mr. Graham uh, for several years. I was Back then, we were doing 1.8 million copies of the magazine every month. So it was just really an incredible ministry to have that that opportunity to be involved with with Billy Graham's Evangelistic Association. Well, Terry, uh, what were some of the greatest struggles Billy Graham went through in childhood? Well, you know, growing up on a dairy farm, uh, Angel, and uh, waking up at 2.30 in the morning to, uh, to go milk the cows <laughs> was uh, not easy for a young man like, uh, like Billy Graham growing up there in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. But he, um, you know, he, he loved to, he learned to love reading uh, from, his, from his mother, but uh, he, he also uh, played sports like baseball, loved. Uh, loved doing that. Thought he was going to be a professional baseball player. Uh, one of the great highlights of his of his youth was he got to meet uh, Babe Ruth. Actually, and, and had the opportunity to do that. But you know, he wasn't really a great great student. You know, when he when he was in school, he was more of a uh, of a practical joker. Sometimes is one of the things that uh, people knew him for. Uh, the family actually called him uh, Billy Frank. That's the uh, the name that the family called him. They they, they call him uh, call him Billy Frank when they when they talk about it. Well, well, I know that um, I've listened to Franklin Graham share a little bit of his story uh, on the radio, and Franklin is Billy's son. Tell me a little bit about uh, Ruth Graham. Was she an integral part of his ministry? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you're when you're an evangelist like Billy Graham, you can imagine that he uh, he was gone a lot. And you know, when they and you know they didn't have the internet and cell phones and this kind of thing, so communication and travel was was really a challenge. So he you know he spent months in you know, Africa or uh, India or Australia or those places doing a series of crusades. And Ruth very much had to keep the home fires burning uh, with the family and all that. So she was really the rock uh, for the for the family uh, growing up. And, uh, you know, Franklin, the oldest, uh, you know, the oldest boy, but, uh, you know, they had four children. And I've, I've met all four of the children at all different points uh, throughout my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, I covered Franklin when I was at Decision Magazine. I covered Franklin's first overseas crusade. We were actually in Managua, Nicaragua back then. There were about a dozen of us. 
And so, so I've, uh, I've known Franklin from the early days when he started uh, fishing there as a part of the Billigram Well, uh, Terry, tell me a little bit about uh, Billy Graham. Did he always believe in the Lord, or how did he come to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Angel. Uh, Billy was raised uh, in the in the church. Uh, they were uh, uh, Presbyterians. Always went to the uh, Presbyterian church uh, there in Charlotte. But you know, it, it's like uh, like it's a common saying that, that God has children but doesn't have grandchildren. So each of us has to make our own personal commitment to Jesus Christ. And, and Billy Graham had that time in his own life too. It was when he was in. Uh, Toward the end of his high school days, uh, Mordecai Ham, uh, the evangelist, uh, came to town, and the, the whole town of Charlotte was really buzzing about Dr. Ham and his meetings. Uh, Billy didn't really want to go, but uh, you know, most of his friends went, and so he uh, he went as well. Sat there in the back of the auditorium, and God got a hold of his life that day, and. You know, he went forward and accepted accepted Christ and a good thing. Just like um, he would actually model for people all over the world as, as he grew up. Wow. Well, tell me a little bit. Do you think he went through some dark nights of the soul? Do you think he went through some periods, even after becoming a Christian, of doubt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he went through those kinds of things. And really, yes. Uh, one of the turning points for for Mr. Graham uh, really happened. Uh, he was he was speaking at uh, in 1949 at the uh, the Forest Home uh, Crusade uh, Conference Center there. And late one night after the evening session, uh, Billy went out, found uh, the stuff, put his Bible on that stuff, and got down on his knees, and and actually was wondering if he could really trust the Bible. I mean, if you read the Bible, there's a lot of strange, different stories in there, you know? Sometimes you read that and wonder, was all this really true? Can I really believe all this cover to cover? And so, yeah, Mr. Graham was having that kind of question in his own life. And he he got down on his knees and, and he decided that, you know, there are many things in this book that I don't understand, uh, there are problems around me that I'm having solutions for, and I'm just going to believe by faith that this book is true, cover to cover, story by story, page by page. And so he made that kind of honest commitment to uh, to God back then, and that's well, this was before the Los Angeles Crusade uh, that was right there that sort of launched the whole uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association meetings, and yeah, he, he definitely went through those kind of struggles uh, with, with the Christian life. Well, that's that's um, nice to know, because um, I know in my own personal life I have, and Terry, I would assume you have too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Some, we all have these, these struggles and, and wonder... You know, wonder if we're doing what God wants us to do today. Uh, and, and Mr. Graham has, has had those kinds of uh, struggles and doubts as well. But the uh, the good news is that every time that happened, he you know he put his faith in Christ and just kept kept moving forward. Amen. 
Well, tell me a little bit about, he was uh, almost in a plane crash, is that correct? He was. You can imagine, with all of the uh, travel uh, by airline that Mr. Graham has done over the years, there has to be one plane story, at least one plane story, that somebody like that would have. And sure enough, it happened, it was in the days before the uh, formation of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He was actually an evangelist uh, for Youth for Christ, and he was traveling to different rallies. And he was actually going to, going to Canada, he was he was actually going going across to Minneapolis from Seattle, and he changed planes in Vancouver. And it was it was snowing like crazy. He was in a small little plane. There were fourteen passengers there, and they were they were having some difficulty. And, and it was late at night, and Billy was actually the only person on the plane that was still awake. So the flight attendant came down the aisle, and whispered to him that, that they were having some difficulty, and they were going to have to land. Uh, they weren't going to make it back to Vancouver. They were just going to have to land in another little town there. So they did. They landed. And uh, it was a bumpy land, but they, they got there okay. So they got everybody out of the plane, put them in a hotel for the night. Well, what unbeknownst to anybody else was that that room where they put Bill Graham was actually, uh, there had actually been a thief in that room before. And so here in the, in the middle of the night, there was this knock on the door, and, and uh, Billy opened up the door, and there was a Canadian Mountie standing there and wanted to arrest him because it was a bank robber that had been in that room the night the, the night before that he was staying in. So uh, Billy had to roust uh, the airline people and get them to vouch for him, but uh, nobody arrested him or anything. But it was, you know, not just a not just a bumpy plane landing that he had, but he also had to handle this. Uh, this Canadian Mountie knocking on his door as well. <laughs> that is sort of funny. It makes him um, a little bit more real to us, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. He's, he's had these real experiences out there, you know, and they, uh, uh, I was I was at Wheaton College actually last month uh, where the Billy Graham, uh, one of the Billy Graham museums is there and they have a, they have a pulpit, you know, where, where Mr. Graham is there and they actually ship that pulpit around the world to different places where he would speak and and it would it would have lights on it, you know, of uh, red, yellow, green kind of thing to to let him know when when he was having to wrap up his messages. But another reason they shipped this uh, pulpit around was that it was bulletproof. <laughs> so it's very heavy kind of kind of pulpit so that if uh, if something happened like shooting or something like that in this kind of world we live in, he could, he could have a way of ducking down behind that pulpit. Wow. Well, Terry, I noticed that the foreword was written by Louis Palau, and Louis um, Palau actually held a crusade here in Presque Isle, Maine. I don't remember the year, but um, he was a friend of Billy Graham's, is that right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Louis uh, loved, 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 loved Billy Graham and has, has spent a lot of time with him uh, off and on. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the uh, principles of the uh, Louis Palau Evangelistic Association he got from learning from it, from, from watching what, what Billy Graham was doing. And so, so yeah, they've been, they've been long-term friends. Uh, I, I I read a biography about Luis, actually, as well, and so I've, I've spent a lot of time with, with Luis Blois over the years. 
he's a he's a fantastic fantastic guy. I, I love Luis Blum. Well, I want to ask you um, on Billy Graham. He was a friend to to many presidents. Tell our listeners today about that. Yeah, you know, Mr. Graham has uh, has been with uh, a friend and a confidant uh, to to uh, every president of the United States, uh, starting with with Dwight Eisenhower. He actually knew. Uh, General Eisenhower, from when he was the commander, sprint commander of the troops at the end of World War II, and um, he went by and uh, and met, you know, met with met with President Eisenhower. He actually suggested to President Eisenhower that they start the uh, presidential prayer practices, which continue today. Uh, Mr. Graham spoke actually about the first fifteen of those uh, national prayer practices, and. Uh, that he's met every single president of the United States, uh, and even even down to Barack Obama. Actually, uh, Barack Obama is the first uh, sitting president of the United States that actually visited uh, Billy Graham in his home, because you can imagine uh, at 97, Mr. Graham doesn't get out a whole lot these days in the public. So uh, Barack Obama and his family actually were vacationing close to uh, where Mr. Graham lived in my treat, and they came by and saw uh, Billy Graham at his house, actually. So he's seen every single president, uh, from Eisenhower all the way to Barack Obama. Amazing. That is amazing. How do you get to be a friend of a president, right? It must be a yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And a confident, you know, them, uh, they, they have needs like everybody else, and, and so to, to be with them, pray with them, uh, give them spiritual guidance, those kinds of things. Um, Mr. Graham has had the, had the privilege of doing that uh, over and over with people. I, I remember a story way back when, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali uh, passed here recently, and back when he was uh, Cassius Clay, he actually spent the day with uh, Billy Graham in his home uh, talking to him. And when he left that meeting, uh, Cassius Clay asked the, the driver of his car to take them by, by Billy Graham's house. And the driver looked at him sort of confused. It's like, well, what are you talking about? You would you just spit all day at Billy Graham's house. He's been, and uh, Muhammad Ali said, oh, no, that couldn't be Billy Graham's house. That has to be where the, the servants live. It couldn't be where Billy Graham lives. He couldn't believe that Mr. Graham would live in that place that he lives in. And it's it's not a fancy, fancy kind of house, uh, Angel. It's just, you know, uh, Ruth Graham actually constructed it from a number of different uh, kind of, rustic log cabins that were that were there in the in the Montreat area in uh, you know in, in western North Carolina. So I could see why why Muhammad Ali would have that kind of impression, but uh, it's where Billy Graham lives. <laughs> he was a real person. You know, he would he met people right where they were at. Mm. He does, and he's and he's never has been to talk to people about Jesus Christ and the gospel. Uh, and Franklin is exactly the same. You, when, you, when you see him, uh, you know, they, they always are, are concerned about people and their 
their spirituality and where they are. Do they know Jesus? Do they know what they're where they're going in their life? Uh, those kinds of critical questions are what they what they ask and what they talk to people about. Well, um, Terry, I want to ask you. I love New York. I love New York City, but it challenged. It presented a challenge for Billy. What was that all about? Well, uh, they had the, um, the the Manhattan the Manhattan Crusades when they had those were were some of the um, most lengthy crusades that they had week after week. Was there in um, in New York City, all the different languages, all the different uh, areas of the country to, uh, you know, to get that. But they would fill Madison Square Garden uh, night after night, you know, that huge arena. And part of the challenge, too, when you do a big, long meeting like that, that wasn't just like a three-night meeting. They would go on for weeks, and people would come every night. And so... Billy couldn't just get up and give the same sermon that he gave yesterday. You know, he'd have to come up with a new message every single night. And it was draining for him to, to do that. But people were coming to Christ over and over. And so they they just kept deciding to extend extend those meetings. And, uh, and they went on for, for a long time there in, uh, in New York City. It was an amazing, amazing experience. Well, we know that um, Billy Graham is well-known in the United States, but what kind of impact did he have around the world? You know, he has had crusades in, in many, many countries in the world. Um, like I say, they would go, they would do a series of, uh, of meetings in Australia, and they, they would, for example, they would, uh, the associate evangelist would do most of the meetings, and uh, you know, uh, his Doctor Doctor Ford um, is, his, is his brother-in-law. Actually, uh, Gene Ford is uh, Mr. Graham's youngest uh, youngest sister, and she is she's married to uh, Leighton Ford. Dr. Layton Ford, who was an associate evangelist with Mr. Graham for 30 years. And so Layton Ford was telling me about how they would, uh, they would have the, the meet, they would go in and conduct the meetings, uh, in Australia. And Mr. Graham would come in the last night, uh, and, and do the closing for the meeting. But one time when he was doing this, he came in early and sat in the back. And you know, these guys, when they travel, they, well, they, they typically wear a ball cap and, you know, sunglasses, so they lower their profile so you can't really recognize them instantly when you look at them. And one time, uh, Billy was sitting in the back of the uh, crowd, and he could see this guy that was sitting in front of him was kind of agitated, like he wanted to go forward and accept Jesus when Leighton Ford gave the invitation, but he didn't get up. And so uh, Billy Graham tapped this guy on the shoulder and said, do you want to go forward and accept Jesus? And the guy looked at him real hard, trying to recognize him through his sunglasses and his ball cap. And finally he said, no, I'm going to wait till the big guy comes. <laughs> and so uh, he didn't really know it, but he was talking to the big guy. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't go forward that particular night. Well, that is so funny, Terry. 
Um, I want to ask you a little bit about you, actually. Um, now, you are an editor and an author of more than 60 books, and you've written more than fi for 50 magazines. Um, you're a former editor of Decision, the Billy Graham Association magazine, and you and your wife live in Denver. Tell me a little bit about you, Terry. Well, I, um, when I was a kid, I used to read uh, biographies, and, and I always loved learning about other people's lives and that kind of thing. And so uh, when I started writing uh, books, uh, my first book was a little children's book uh, that was published in uh, 1992 uh, by David C. Cook called When I Grow Up, I Can Go Anywhere for Jesus. And um, But I, I've, I've written a number of biographies over the years and, and because I've always been fascinated with to write a book about Billy Graham was, was really wonderful. I've, I've written about Billy Graham, Chuck Colson, John Perkins, Luis Palau, Sojourner uh, Truth, Samuel Morris. Uh, those are some of the biographies that I've, I've had the opportunity to do. And in each one, you know, I've learned great details about these people's lives in order to be able to, uh, to write those books. Uh, I've co-authored a number of books with different people. Uh, it's been it's been just a wonderful opportunity to have that have that ministry of uh, writing those kinds of things. Well, um, Terry, you're also an acquisitions editor for Morgan James in New York. Is that right? That's right. Uh, that's what I, for the last four years, I've been working for Morgan James. And about, um, about, 30% of the 150 books that we do each year are Christian. So that means 100 of the titles are not, but 50 of them are, are Christian books, and we sell those in the, uh, in the Christian bookstores as well as the general market stores. Hmm. So, Terry, if someone wanted to purchase this book, uh, where, would they, where would they go to purchase it or find this, this book that you've written? Well, the uh, book is available in bookstores all over the country, or they can uh, they can learn more about the book on on my uh, book website, which is at BillyGrahamBio.com. That's BillyGrahamBio, short for biography. BillyGrahamBio.com. Uh, they can you know they can buy the book personally from me. They can buy it from Amazon. They can buy it from Barnes and Noble. They can buy it from any independent bookstore. Uh, one of the it's published by Morgan James Publishing, and so it's it's widely available. Um, I even found it in the, the Philadelphia Airport bookstore a while back when I went through there. So it's it's widely available for people to get the book. Wow, that's great. Well, Terry, um, it's been a privilege to have you on the uh, broadcast today, and I always like to end the broadcast with prayer for my listeners. Would you take a few moments and pray for our listeners today? Yes. Absolutely, Angel. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for every single person that's hearing uh, these words uh, about uh, Billy Graham. And we pray that uh, you would draw people to yourself. Uh, we don't know how you're going to do that, whether you use the, the neighbors and the, the people that are around them, or use these words even to uh, to bring people to you. And so we uh, we ask for your help for them uh that you'll, you'll strengthen them and, and guide them. And so we, uh, we commit 
every person that's hearing these words uh, to you. And so we, we thank you for what you're going to do in their lives and believe so expectantly in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Terry, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.